This, of course, is Down the TV Rabbit Hole with Jim Sign and Harry Bartosiak. Harry Bartosiak is not with me just now, and I'll explain why. Previously, we did a Bewitched episode. That was Harry's show. We got about halfway through the episode, and I realized that this was going to have to be broken up into two separate episodes. I get done, I start to do the editing, and I realize that about three-quarters of the way through the broadcast, Harry all of a sudden starts to flatline audio-wise. Something went wrong with his microphone. Now, I went back, and I was able to alter it, and you can hear everything he says, but about halfway through this episode, you're going to hear Harry, it sounds a little weak, sounds like he's on the phone a little bit, but you can hear everything he says, and I actually think I did a pretty good job. So what's going to happen is we're going to go with part two of the Bewitched episode right now, and then Harry's going to rejoin me at the end for the corrections and a little additional trivia. Boy, that's the longest intro I've ever done. All right, so here is part two of the Bewitched episode. All right, so should I do my show now? Because I've got a good one, oh, too. Oh, yes. All right, you I ready? I'm very sorry. No, Shut no, up. no. Yes, let's go. No, you, let's had a great, you had a great one. Mine, too, was also on ABC, but we're talking about August from 1976 to April of 1979. And I want to give you a clue, like we're playing Password, and I think you can guess the show, like, within less than five seconds. Are you ready? I'm super excited. This is my sweet spot era. Let's go. The Password is... Two black kids in the back of a pickup that's going down the street. A heavyset black kid running after the pickup truck trying to get into the back. Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. No. I thought you'd get it in less than five seconds. <laughs> two young, okay, I'm sorry. Two young skinny white kids in the back of a pickup truck. They've just jumped in after hitchhiking. There's a heavier black kid who doesn't jump in in time, so the pickup pulls away, and the heavier black kid is running after the pickup, all crazy, trying to get in, but he doesn't get in. And I'm talking about what's happening. What's happening? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rerun. Yeah. That's okay, right. Fred yeah. Berry. Oh, my God. That's who was jumping in there. It was Rerun, right? Yes, exactly. Now, this is, oh, a, yes. this is a great one to go down the rabbit hole because many people remember it. It was fairly high rated, although the last season it didn't do so well. But, of course, uh, uh, Roger Thomas was played by Ernest Thomas. He was uh, the, the skinny kid with the, the, the glasses. The uh, big glasses. Yep. Good, yeah. Classic 70s glasses. <laughs> Fred Berry played, as you mentioned, uh, a rerun. Uh, hey, and w did, w what was his catchphrase? Hey, hey, hey. Something like that? Is very that, good. Hey, hey. Dwayne? No, Dwayne was hey, hey, hey. What was rerun? I don't know if he had a catchphrase. Oh, it was Dwayne did the hey, hey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. That, and that was Haywood Nelson. Uh, the heavy set waitress was played by Shirley Hempfill. She played Shirley. Uh, okay. Yeah. Second best name in show business, Shirley Hempfill. That's a good one. It's a top five, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Spencer played D, the uh, younger sister to Roger. Oh, uh, my God. I thought she was on. Wait a minute. I thought she was on Good Times. No. No, good times. I thought was, D was a kid on good. Okay. No, Bernadette Staines was the good looking. She was um she was Jimmy Walker's uh, younger sister. I forget what her character's name was, uh. But yeah, that was Bernadette Staines. She was pretty. D was not pretty. She was and her. Rod, you gonna be she in was, trouble? <laughs> oh yeah, you know. yeah. She was the sassy kid. That, right. Uh, yeah. Right. And then uh, oh, the yeah. mo the mother was played by and you <laughs> this is this is a good thousand no it's probably a six hundred dollar Jeopardy question who played Mabel Thomas on What's Happening she was the mother. Mm. Mm. Uh, frankly, I kind of completely blocked out the fact that there was a mother on 
was well, him, and the so. thing is, she was only on for the first two seasons. She didn't really like the way the show was going, so she kind of bailed after two seasons. What? Yeah, what's her, not to like? Well, she was she was a serious actress, Harry. She had done the stage. No, seriously, this is true. And uh, and I think she was also in Roots later. But yeah, she she after two seasons, she was like, no, I'm not happy with the direction the show is going, so she left. And her name was Mabel King. Mabel King. Okay. Yes. Well, wow, that seems ill-advised to take a job on a goofy TV show that absolutely has no serious to it, seriousness whatsoever. Although I think I remember kind of that you would usually have some morality play right. message. Yeah. They're, they're very loosely cloaked, like, okay, I get it. But, I mean, what did she think she was getting herself into? And what well, was she... What does she think the show should go and have a very special episode every every time or something like that? James Amos did the same thing on Good Times. After like two seasons, he, he didn't like the fact that the show was revolving around Jimmy Walker, so he left. Okay. So we need to get a show together with James Amos <laughs> um, uh, uh, and what's her name? Mabel? Um, Mabel King. No, she passed away in 1999. She was... Okay, well... Yeah. We couldn't do it, but then, of course, uh, McLean Stevenson is another one. We need to do an episode of all the ill-advised uh, decisions that have been made uh, to leave TV show. Wayne Rogers, you know, like, what are you thinking? You know, well, you don't, there's only so many paychecks in Hollywood, right? You don't leave these shows unless well, they give you remember, the boot. Remember what Hayden Rourke told uh, Larry Hagman after three seasons of I Dream of Jeannie? Larry Hagman wanted to leave, and Hayden Rourke says, if you leave, you're an idiot, and everyone in Hollywood will think you're an idiot. So he stayed. <laughs> Who knew that Hayden Rourke was such a wise man? <laughs> yes, you know? he, well, he was Dr. Bellows. The man had a doctorate. <laughs> yeah. He had a doctorate. Of course he's a wise man. <laughs> yeah. He looked good in a uniform, too, damn it. All right, so what's happening? Uh, first season. I don't know. You tell me. I'm <laughs> so so it's pretty successful um after the second season fred berry because he was rerun and he was the funny one he decides that he's going to hold out and he wants more money and uh, ernest thomas who played roger said okay you know what i'm going to join you they hold out and uh and i guess they get more money and so they go on for a third season well yeah. after the third season fred berry decides he's going to hold out again and Ernest okay. Thomas decides, well, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm going to hold out with you. Well, during the third season while they're pulling this, the producers said, you know what? It's not that good of a show. The ratings aren't that high. So at the end of the third season, canceled. That's it. That's Three it. Three season. Now, let me mention my favorite episode. And I think you might remember this one. When Fred Berry rerun, <laughs> and it's just so effed up, they're all excited, the whole crew, because there's going to be a concert in town. Do you remember the okay. name of the band that was coming to town they were all excited about? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Of course, you know, here's an inner city group of African-American young men that are so excited because the Doobie Brothers are coming no. to town. Wait a minute. I was going to say the Doobie Brothers, but they were on WKRP. They did a concert on WKRP in Cincinnati. Are you well, sure about this? I'm I'm 100% sure because my buddy Trent Butler and I would talk about this all the time when we were on the air in, in Fort Myers, Florida. And then at the end, wait a minute, maybe I'm I'm mixing it up because at the I know I was going to say Doobie Brothers. I'm like, yeah, they did that on WKRP, and at the end of the show, they had the concert. Am I possibly thinking of the wrong show? 
You, no, well, I guess well, we'll find out in the corrections. Were they also on WKRP? Because they made the whole episode about the Doobie Brothers on WKRP. It seems weird they would do that for two separate shows. Well, this was the plot line for what's happening. The Doobie Brothers are coming to town, and one of Rerun's uh, uh, friends, who's like a, a shady guy, says, Hey, man, you got, you got tickets. Hey, take this tape recorder in, and you go ahead and record the show, and I'll issue a bootleg, you know, and, and we'll make money, and I'll give you 50 bucks or whatever. So Rerun decides to do it. And he's got, like, a realistic tape recorder that he got at Radio Shack from, like, 1971. One of those rectangular ones. That was their house ones. brand. Realistic, for the people who don't know, is Radio Shack's house brand, right? So, the, yes. So they're at the concert. And, of course, uh, Fred Berry and, and Raj, they're all in the front row. And they show, like, maybe 40 people at the concert. And it looks like it's in just, you know, someone's garage. So... And Fred Berry's dancing to some tune, some southern rock tune, and it just doesn't look right at all. You know, these African-American kids dancing to the Doobie Brothers. And then, of course, what happens after the song? The tape recorder falls out. And the Doobie Brothers, hey, wait a minute. What do you do? Hey, all right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was doing <laughs> I remember now. Yeah. Okay. It's oh, absolutely, it's the worst choreographed scene in the history of television because he's got like this big coat on and he's got the, the and you can see the tape recorder. It's just absolutely it's it's laughable. It is laughable. And I have to apologize to you. Uh, it is a classic, classic scene that somehow I superimposed over onto WKRP. But in actual fact, I, I never do this, but I looked it up while we were talking on the show. No, that's good. Right. I'm glad you did. It's on What's Happened in 1978. And they're singing at the, at the end, What a Fool Believes. And uh, it was great. It was like when they had the Doobie Brothers still with the big band and everything like that. When they hadn't been, it wasn't basically just the Michael McDonald show. But uh, that was hilarious, that episode. It was great. I thought it was WKRP. But uh, anyway, I'm happy to wow. see. By the way, yeah. uh, we might want to YouTube after the show. I just, uh, on this... Uh, but I pulled up on the internet here. It says the best uh, concert appearances are uh, on uh, 70s TV. And apparently, oh, I remember this now. Remember Don Ho on the Brady Bunch? Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. He showed up That's with right. his buddy. Yeah. That was because they were in Hawaii. That was during the taboo. Uh, taboo. With no, it, Price. Yeah. no, it is taboo. <laughs> it is taboo. It's bad luck, dude. <laughs> it's taboo. What does that mean? Bad luck. Bad things happen. Oh, God. We could, you know what? I think we could do a whole show on that episode alone. Remember? Because yeah. <laughs> there was the we, spider, and then, and then, of course, Greg wipes out when he's surfing. And, and again, that's a, another horribly choreographed scene where he just, like, falls off the board, and they're like, oh, no! Oh, yeah. dangerous! <laughs> and, but there were some ingenious things, like when they're leaving the popcorn trail so they could get back from the cave where Vincent Price was. Right. Uh, but, yeah, let's do that episode. But if we run out of material, we can also talk about when they were at King's Island in Cincinnati and they lost the plans, which were in the tube. Remember the architectural plans when they're running around the amusement park. Okay, so All right, back and, to and what's and, happening. And when they're running around the amusement park, do you remember what music is playing? Uh, what would be the song? Yakety Sax by Boots no, 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 that would have been good. No, I'm pretty sure it's the Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa, but I'll Google really? that and put it in the corrections. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty wow. sure. All right, we All got right, our work so, cut out for us, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Canceled after 1979, but then, wait a minute, no, 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 not quite. It did really good in syndication. So then in 1985, they oh, decided I to bring it. the show back. Yes, what did they call it? Do you remember? What's happening now? Very good, yes. <laughs> yes. Now, here's a story you are going to hear nowhere. Yeah. They bring the show back. 
Ernest Thomas is shocked. He's like, oh, my God, we're going back on the air after five years. And, of course, at this point, everyone's older. Uh, Roger's a writer. Uh, Dwayne's a computer programmer, of course. Uh, reruns a used car salesman. Roger has bought part of the, the um, restaurant that they uh, used to hang out at, Rob's. Uh, and I think Shirley Hemphill was also, like, part owner. But yeah. here's the yeah, here's a story should. never going to hear anywhere. Ernest Thomas is really nervous about the show coming back. Well, one of the big fans of the show was Muhammad Ali. (laughs) Yes. So first day of filming, Ernest Thomas is like freaking out and he loses his voice. And he's like, oh, my God. And he went to the doctor. Doctor said, it's psychosomatic. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just freaking out. So I guess a friend of a friend says, hey, Muhammad, Ernest is really. Would you mind coming to the set? So Ernest shows up first day of taping. There's Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad's like, hey, little brother, how you doing? Oh, I love the show. So good to see you. And that's not a bad Ali, by the way. Um, oh, that's really good. I'm <laughs> so, impressed. So, uh, so Ernest is like, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, with Muhammad Ali there, he feels better. He's like, holy cow. Man, well, everything's good. You know, and he kind of forgot. It. He, he, got, he loosened up, and then they you know, started taping the show. So they did another, what, uh, 85 to 88. So they did another three seasons of What's Happening Now. And the tragedy of that show, although, you know, it did pretty well in first-run syndication. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but we had to go ahead and see Daniel Spencer now is like a late teen, and Uh, she, yeah, she's like not very attractive at all and not funny and just awkward and, oh, just, oh, oh. Well, that's what, yeah. That's what happens with a young kid, any cute young kid actor is going to get in the gawky stage, and it's never funny anymore. That's just well, the way it works. And I think you're being very, very generous when you call her a cute young kid, because I never really felt that she was ever really that cute on the show. But, uh, but well, yeah. let's just say, whatever the, whatever the shtick is that makes him funny is a real young kid, like Nicholas from Eight is Enough. Right? Yeah, yeah. When they get too old, it's, it's not as funny. Even classic, classic, like Leave it to Beaver. When Jerry Mathers gets too old, it's not as funny as when he was super young. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. And they don't, they don't go through an awkward stage and then get funny again. It's, you're done, okay? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Once you, once you jump that shark, you're, you're not going back. It's so true. All right, so what's happening now? Three seasons. Um, everything's going pretty good. First run syndication. And then what do you think happened? Could you possibly, could, maybe through foreshadowing, you could figure out what happened at the end of three seasons. Uh, Roger and Fred held out for more money. And, and they did it again, and they got canceled <laughs> oh, again. No. Oh, no. I know. Talk it's about overplaying idiot. your hand when you should be <laughs> praying to the gods for the blessings oh, that have been bestowed God. upon you. <laughs> now we should mention the fact that um, that Fred Berry, in the character of Rerun, uh, was it, it was known for his dancing. Uh, he used to wear those rainbow suspenders and do his crazy Rerun dance. But do you know when they wrote the original script, Rerun was supposed to be a skinny white kid? Really? Well, okay. Yes. I mean, that's about as far from the spectrum of what how it turned out as you can get. But uh, yeah. So wow. All right. Wow. And, and, and I think I should mention this because it's my buddy Trent Butler's favorite episode, and they did it like three or four times. But it's near the end of the episode where there's been some conflict, and they figure it out, 
And Mabel King, Mama, who is probably close to 400 pounds, is so proud of Roger because he did the right thing. So she says, come here, give me some sugar. And so she puts a big hug on him. And then after about 15 seconds, you hear Roger going, and he says, what's that, honey? And he says, I can't breathe. Yeah, they they went. Hard. Yeah, they went to that well about four or five times. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, she would squeeze him all the time at the beginning, and now I do remember the Mama character. But I thought it was a pretty good show, but not great, even at the time. Right. Yeah, thought, it was. Yeah. It was like yeah, a B minus show. I think is how I'd grade it. I remember it round round about the time of Welcome Back, Cotter originally. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, and you know, so watching it in groupings with shows like that, uh, good enough. Certainly, what the hell was I doing? That's you know. We'd, that's why we do this show. Well, uh, basically, was watching TV all the time. But uh, yeah, so this is a great one uh, to do. But looking back on it, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it really wasn't that fun. It was a series of one-trick pony uh, things, you know. Well, now hang on, no, no, no. I got, I got to go ahead and interject here because famous fans of the show included Sidney Poitier, Smokey Robinson, Maya Angelou. Luminaries so far. And former President Jimmy Carter. Um, how how he found time. Like it, but but, but I mean, think about this. This was 1976 to April 1979 when it was on originally. He was president then. What the hell is he doing watching what's happening? Because it was on after Carter Country probably. <laughs> and it was, that's what Billy was watching, his brother. Um, I would say I don't care if they liked it. I'm just saying Am I right or am I wrong? It wasn't that great of a show. No, I don't think it was that great. But, but again, <laughs> when you go down the rabbit hole, it's fun to find these interesting facts. And, you know, uh, Fred Berry, let's see, he passed away in – here's something great. Fred Berry was married to – he was married six times to four different women. Yeah. He wasn't even that old when he died, was he? 2003, he died of a stroke. And uh, if he didn't die of a stroke, he'd still be holding out for more money. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel yeah, King yeah. Mabel King died in 99. Shirley Hemphill also died in 1999. And I had a friend, or have a friend, that's a stand-up comedian. And he worked with her, and he said she was one of the funniest stand-up comedians in the clubs that he ever worked with. She always killed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always liked her on that show. I thought she should have had a, probably a bigger role because they had, she was great zinger lines and stuff like that, you know, and they would use her for that purpose, but nothing else. But she was Now, wait a minute. You go funny. from at one point saying, boy, she was great in the show. To, ah, I didn't think the show was that funny. Well, it wasn't that <laughs> funny, but that's because they didn't have a big enough role for Shirley Hemphill on there. I'm just Could saying, be. Yeah. Too much D, too much, too much, you know. Anyway. I didn't oh, mean, Rod, I, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's a good D, that? too. You really got the impressions on this show. This is, this is your... This is your command performance, I would say. Well, again, I, I'm, I'm sitting here in, a, in an empty apartment with no gigs, two hurricanes coming. I have time to work on my, impre- my impressions. So there you go. This is down the TV rabbit hole. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Listen to the podcast, whatever you do. All right, this is Jim back with the corrections, but this is going to be an unusual corrections part of the episode. Hang on, wait a minute. Stop the music. No, we don't need the music yet. Uh, Harry Bartosiak is joining me for the corrections in Chicago. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Thanks for letting me into the corrections room. There's not much room in here. It's kind of dark. but it... I was going to say it looks like Bob Crane's dark room, but I don't want to go there and get dark at the end of the show. Damn, I wish I would have thought of that. That's pretty funny. 
right. And by, and by the way, okay, I guess I'll have to edit that part out and put it on our Hogan's Heroes episode. Well, here are just some, uh, some small corrections. Uh, in our last episode, uh, we mentioned the fact that... Um, or I mentioned the fact that uh, when they had the Brady Bunch uh, 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 show from Kings Island, they're running around with the plans. You remember they were running, and they finally yes. got the plans. They okay. had the plans well, in the tube, in the long tube. They run around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, I said they were doing uh, to Stars and Stripes Forever. No, they were they were actually running to the William Tell Overture. But it, it proves my original point. They picked a song that was in the public domain, written before 1923. So. So that's the reason why right. they used William Tell Overture. So, is that the uh, one well, on the Lone Ranger also? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 They, cool. Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter was on from seventy-five to seventy-nine, so it was on basically the same time as what's happening. Uh, Carter Country, you mentioned that it wasn't on the air the same day as what's happening, but it was basically uh, on the air during that same time period. Getting back yeah. to Bewitched, which was part of this original episode. I'm, I made corrections in Bewitched, and I said, oh, I, I had to correct what I said originally. I said, oh, Agnes Moorhead, no, she was good friends with Dick Sargent, not Dick York. I always thought it was Dick York. I thought it was. Didn't I say that in our original broadcast it was Dick Sargent? I indicated it anyway. So, you, Well, the fact is, Ding. I thought, no, 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 I got to tell you, Wikipedia this time was wrong. It's oh. actually, no, Agnes Moorhead and Dick York we're very good friends. I had to find another source and then another source. I should always rely on the stuff that I read in books, but stupid Wikipedia was wrong. So Dick York and Agnes Moorhead, very good friends. There you go. Wow, you went deeper than Wikipedia for this? I'm impressed. Well, okay. and, you know, and, and that's what's beautiful about the rabbit hole because while reading Wikipedia, I found something that I know you're going to find amusing. Um, Dick Sargent is, I think many people knew, uh, he was gay. He came out as gay in, in the early 90s. But yeah. did you know, he, he did an episode of Tattletales with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where they appear in the TV sets, right? Tattletales. And it's supposed to be like husband and wife. Well, yeah. And, who, who appeared okay. with him? Well, I, I Googled it. <laughs> And it was great because it just pops right up immediately. A great episode of Tattletales featuring... In the one spot, and I can't remember what colors they were because they used to do color coordinated, but in the first, uh, the first uh, uh, slot, uh, couple number one, Patty Duke and John Astin. Yes, of course. Yeah. And then there was Pat, who nobody knows. But Pat McGuire. With, no, she's with her husband, Bill Daly. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's the third couple. Howard, Roger, yeah. Dick Sargent. And his beard, Fanny Flag. Fanny Flag. Fried yes. green tomatoes. Yes. Okay. You knew. Th- See, I didn't know that till I went to the rabbit <laughs> hole again. She wrote. She wrote the book that became the movie. Yes. I. Yeah. I remember. It was a good movie. Yeah. So it was an arranged marriage for purpose of Tattletales, I guess. So that's and, okay. Yeah. You're exactly you got the and, job done. And Burt Convy, to his great credit, because you know he was a showbiz veteran, he just said Fanny Flag and her guy Dick Sargent. There you go, <laughs> Burt. He was smooth, a smooth operator. Wasn't he married to Suzanne Plachette? Oh God, I know Tom Poston was Suzanne Plachette's last husband. No, really? yeah, they got yeah late in life. They both got mar- they got married. Yeah. Well, that's bizarre because on the Newhart show, Tom Poston was the maintenance man. I know. On, on the second Newhart. Well, okay, okay, we'll save it for the Newhart episode. But wow. So, so anyway, learn something new even in the corrections. I'm impressed. Go ahead. All right. 
Now, the last time we got together, you remember, uh, there were two hurricanes bearing down in New Orleans. And, of course, neither one of them really did much damage. But as my buddy Dino Asanto likes to say, and he can say it because he grew up in Louisiana, he says that people in Louisiana, if there's a hurricane 250 miles away, they use that as an excuse to not go to work for like two or three days. I would. You take <laughs> advantage of the opportunities that are presented with you. To you. So, I, so, and, and I, that's a good point, and many people did. So, so basically for about three days, I had nothing to do. So what did I do? I went back down into the rabbit hole to rewatch the last three color episodes or the last three color seasons of Mayberry, season six, seven, and eight, the Andy Griffith show. Yes, because you're a closet Howard Sprague uh, obsessive compulsive uh, stalker. I, I think right? the, the the words closet and Howard Sprague. <laughs> I think they kind of go together. Um, but you know, and and it really gave me a new perspective because the first couple of seasons of the color episodes, some of them are okay. And I actually watched one of the episodes. Do you remember when they went to Hollywood? Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Because they were filming the movie, which was entitled, do you remember? No, I, I, I don't. Sheriff Without a Gun. And That's it was about right. Andy Taylor. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember that. Sheriff Without a Gun. There are like four episodes that revolve around that. They go out, then they come back. But, and I've prepared a quiz for you because it's just so wonderful. It, it's just so much uh, great trivia. That's right in our wheelhouse. So they go out to Hollywood. And they watched the production of Share Without a Gun. Now, when they were filming the movie on the TV show, what character actor played the role of Sheriff Andy Taylor? Oh, my God. I know this, but I'm not going to be able to get it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Give me a, give me a second. Sheriff Andy we, Taylor. We, we've talked about him many times. I'll say this. He appeared on The Griffith Show previously, but he played a different role. Okay, I'm going to give this a go, and right. I'm going to say Jack Carter. <laughs> no, not Jack. Jack Carter was never on Griffith, although Rickles was. Al Alan Hale. No, that's a, better, that's a better guess. You're getting closer. Less hair. Less hair. A lot less okay. hair. Okay. A lot less hair. Yeah. Uh, Richard Deacon. Ooh, that would have been good. No, it was Gavin McLeod. Kevin McLeod. No, yes. whoa, I don't remember that at all. That's amazing. Did he have hair in the Sheriff Without a Gun movie? He, he only had hair because he had someone bring him his hair. Oh, I see. <laughs> so he was bald as a cue ball, and then they brought him his hair when the cameras rolled. So. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, if you didn't get that one, so you probably won't get this one, but it's still another great trivia question. Who played the director of Sheriff Without a Gun? Another great character actor that we've mentioned many times. He was the Harold director Gould. of the movie. No, although you're, although you're in the wheelhouse, man. You're in the wheelhouse. He was the director of the movie. Werner yep. Klemper. Uh, no, but gosh, you're getting closer. And he did wear, think about this. He was wearing like a blue blazer and an ascot. Uh, and he had a pocket square. Who does that sound like? Who do you think would be wearing that? Charles Nelson Riley. Gosh, you're getting so close. No, Hayden Paul Moore, Lynn. Dr. Hayden Rourke. Okay. Dr. Bellows. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you, you're probably not going to get this one either, but it's still a great trivia question, and it's one that could win you $1,000 someday. On the TV show, the Taylor family, Aunt B, uh, Opie, mm -hmm. and Andy, 
they actually uh, they visited a movie star's house. They were right outside of it, and the paper boy throws a paper on the lawn. So Opie goes and grabs the paper, and he's holding the paper of this famous movie actor. Who was that classic Latin lover movie actor from the 50s and 60s? Dash Riprock? <laughs> uh, no, I know who it is. I yeah. know. Wait, wait a minute. You say Latin I, lover. I'm going to say... Yeah. Wait. Desi, uh, Desi Arnaz... No. no, no, it wasn't. Oh, I know who it was uh, Tyrone Power. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. I've got one more. Jose okay. Ferrer. Oh God, no! But he did have a pencil thin mustache that he refused to shave when he did another show. Pencil thin mustache. <laughs> they, and they'd cover it with white makeup. Uh, Caesar Romero. <laughs> Very good, Caesar Romero. <laughs> I, knew, see, I, knew I got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 good. Oh, the, those four episodes, it's like four in a series. They're all just so – oh, and here's the other question. When, um, and you should be able to guess this one. Just think real hard. They yeah. come back to Mayberry, and Andy's mm-hmm. talking about all of the, the homes that they drove by because yeah. uh, they took the bus tour. And uh, Floyd was most impressed with the fact that they saw this person's house. Uh, oh, my hey. God. I'm kill- kicking myself. See, they don't okay. show these episodes enough. I, the, the memory. No, they don't. Is, they don't. The memory is fine. Yeah. Who? Give me a little hint. All right. Hey, a classic, a classic performer, a classic comedian that's, that was most famous in radio and yeah. then television. Ah, uh, yeah. Jack Benny. <laughs> exactly. There you yeah. go. There you go. Well, see, they have these bus tours, and we saw Jack Benny's house and Debbie Reynolds' house. Oh, I bet Jack Benny's got a nice house. He's not really cheap, you know. (laughs) I think like Floyd, especially at this stage in life, post-stroke Floyd, (laughs) of a mind together. Like in that last episode where they could, he could only sit in the convertible and they used like body doubles for him most of the time. And, yeah. and you, listen, you listen to his dialogue. And he <laughs> yeah. sounds a little like yes, Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. A little like Ali. He's, he does. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't see it, but I'm propped up against a wall right now. I'm doing this show kind of slumped over, pressed against a table and a wall. Oh, he, 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 was, he was leaning on something even in some of the, the black and white episodes. Because remember, they had him in the <laughs> yeah. chair for like the last three seasons. Yeah, and you see him like when he's walking, there, somebody's like holding his arm and things like that, too. Yeah. And I think that was well, when he went to Howard's, saw Howard's new party, his new pad for the to-do. Or no, he wasn't on that one. But anyway, yeah. Floyd. No, no. Yeah. That, was, that was Emmett. Emmett was the guy who stole the show. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Emmett was Our, a poor Floyd substitute, basically. Wasn't that basically it? Yeah. Yeah, and Warren was a poor substitute for Don Knotts, and Howard Sprague was a poor substitute for anybody. Um, Howard Sprague. And I was watching the last season. I actually watched the last season it's an entirety, or in its entirety when the hurricane was coming. And that last season, it's like they had 18 minutes worth of material, and the writers just said, well, we don't have anything else, so, so maybe you guys could just stretch it. Because but- it's so slow-moving. There's never any, I mean, they're just basically sit there and there's a lot of pauses um, and a lot of talk about nothing. And there's never, I, I guarantee you this, the last season, the, the eighth season of Andy Griffith, there's not one thing that has anything to do with police work. Yeah. And, and so what did they do? The next season, after they finally 
killed it, they rolled right into a reboot where they had even less material. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, and Ken Berry, a poor substitute for Andy Griffith. Absolutely. But, but it stayed number one. I want to say Andy Griffith was the number one show its eighth season. And if it wasn't, it was in the top five. I'm 99% sure of that. Well, it's number one in my book, no matter what. It- well, that last season, though, trust me, it, is, it moves. They had one episode that features, uh, it's about the, the, the church having uh, someone uh, bequeathed the church, if that's the right word, um, uh, $500 after they passed away. Aunt B wants to buy uh, choir robes, and, of course, Howard Sprague wants to pour a new foundation because the no, church I is leaning to one side. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's him <laughs> and Emmett. Him and Emmett were the building committee. That Boy, that's a real brain trust. Him and Emmett. Guy can't even fix a toaster. You know, I mean, <laughs> takes him three weeks. Oh, sorry, I tried again. You know, um, but anyway, in the episode, and I just think about this as a guy who's produced TV shows, they, they start the beginning, and then they show the women's choir there singing, and they sing an entire hymn. It must have taken three minutes. Oh. And you're listening, you're like, okay, you know, bringing in the she's, bringing in oh, the she's. Uh, How many shots of Clara can we take in, in one episode? You know? well, and she, but, of course, she's at the keyboards. You know, yeah. She oh, yeah. was the music director. But, oh, God, it's, they're just so slow moving. And here's the pet peeve. Here's the thing that I've really got to get angry about. What was Aunt B's real name? What was her given name on the show? Hmm. You know, I, I have no idea. Well, sure you do. What is B short for if, if oh, you have Beat- an Aunt B? Well, Beatrice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anytime they make reference to Aunt B in print, and I remember this one episode where they have signs, and they, they spell it B-E-E. She's no not an way. insect. I swear <laughs> to God. Even when you watch it with the closed captioning, it says Aunt B-E-E. It's B-E-A. It's short for Beatrice. She's not what? an insect. She's not a bumblebee. She doesn't gather honey. It's B-E-A. You have a keen eye for detail, my friend. Why did they do that? I have no idea. I hmm. don't know. Because I remember one episode where she like ran for city council or something like that. I think she ran against Howard Sprague, and of course she lost. I can't believe I remember everything about the episode. <laughs> But they have a sign, and it says, blah, 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 B-E-E for, you know, whatever, city council. Swear to God. Somebody must have made that command decision. It, could, it must have been made on purpose. A spelling error would have been caught over the years. Maybe they thought, oh, she's uh, simple, uh, from a simple time, simple place where people had different ideas of how to spell things. <laughs> well, I just, you know, here's my thinking. I think the writers, because, you know, they had some pretty clever writers. Yeah. I think they realized that at this point in her, her life, she kind of had a figure like a bumblebee. So let's just call her B-E-E. What Good do you think? Good point. Uh, could be. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But you know what? Uh, <laughs> I love that, you know, this is a deep dive. This is a deep cut. I would have never oh. thought to explore that detail. And I, I, See, th- this is how far I get into the rabbit hole every time there are two hurricanes bearing down on the state of Louisiana. So... But do you approve of the spelling of Sprague? How did they spell it on the... the did we ever see S-P- an episode where his name was, last name appeared? That's a great question. I have to say yes, but I don't know. S-P-R-A-G-U-E, right? Wasn't that how right. they spelled it? But okay. do they put him at the end? Do they say, and, you know, Jack Dotson, dot, 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 Howard Sprague? They don't do that yes. at the end of the credit. 
No, they, they do in some of the episodes. Okay. I think when he became a regular, they just use his name. But I think when he first came, they said Jack Dotson is Howard Sprague. And this is way too much conversation <laughs> that anybody should have about Howard Sprague in their life. <laughs> Howard Sprague. <laughs> all right. Well, it's the uh, Howard uh, Sprague Show with Jim and Harry, <laughs> where we explore all world events through a prism of Howard Sprague. What would Howard and, have You done? know what? And, and that brings up another point. Remember the episode, and I know you do, where Howard goes on the local TV show and he's a comedian? No, I don't remember that one, but You don't? Not? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's some, so lame. He buys a joke book. It, it, first oh. of all, <laughs> he buys a joke book. He steals all these jokes out of a joke book. But rather than tell anonymous jokes, he tells jokes about Goober and Floyd and Aunt B and Clara. Uh, and they all get mad at him. They're like, how could you do that? Then there's my good friend, Floyd the Barber. Oh. I knew he wouldn't forget old Floyd. In Mayberry, there are three main forms of communication. Telephone, telegraph, and tell Floyd. <laughs> Is he calling me a big mouth? Customer came into the shop one day. He said, Floyd, you ought to take up violin lessons. Floyd asked him why. He said, well, it would give your chin a rest. <laughs> he is calling me a big mouth. And, of course, they all get mad, and then everyone comes up to him later because they heard Howard Sprague mention him on TV, and they're like, oh, Howard, why don't you tell some more jokes about me? So, oh, I thought you were mad. No, 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 I was, I'm not upset. Go ahead. And so they start giving him jokes. Oh. You know, I, I, yeah. It's a, but Howard Sprague, a comedian? Can you think of a guy? <laughs> he's less funny? No. He's, yeah, no. Well, why don't you come over for a big to-do at my pad? <laughs> Hello, Dorothy. How's my favorite gal? I'm having a little do at my pad Saturday night, and a little do at my pad. A party at my house. <laughs> I will say that one is still pretty damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> and the music, too. It's like that generic 1960s rock and roll. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Yeah. <laughs> They're all doing, like, some version of the Frug. <laughs> And the, bead, uh, the beads are the best. That's. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the beads. <laughs> it's a doorway. You go through the beads. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. Well, we, uh, we covered a lot in the, the category of Howard Sprague. And, of course, uh, this was all one episode. It was Bewitched, What's Happening, and now it's turned into uh, Andy Griffith Revisited. But uh, I'll edit it together. Trust me. It'll all come out good. I promise you. You never know what you're going to get when you go down the rabbit hole. You're damn right, damn right. Why don't you, uh, why don't you finish it up as, uh, as Harry Carey, if you don't mind. <laughs> Listen, boy, oh boy, I'd love to talk with you further, but I'm going out to Kelly Mondelli's to enjoy a Budweiser with my good friend Howard Sprague. So holy cow, until we meet again, Cherie, so long now.